a summary of the Sikha. The second mission in the Perik says, Rabchanina said, you should pray on behalf for the peace of the, uh, of the kingdom, of the king, because if not that people were afraid of the government, one person would swallow another person alive. So we have to understand, what's, how does this fit into Pirkei Yavis? Pirkei Yavis is, is well known as Milsa the Chassidus, the things which are, when a person strives to reach a high, an elevated status of piety, of being a Chassid, not just a simple letter of the law, but more than that. So how does that fit in? That a person should not want to swallow up another person alive? That's what you have to learn in Milsa the Chassidus? That's without the fear of the government, you would be sub, you would be willing to swallow another person alive. Obviously, these are the most serious halachas uh, in the Torah. That's what you need in, in uh, Pirkei Avos. Also, we have to understand what is this meaning? Chayim bloy would swallow another person alive. Usually, you would say, you know, that people would kill each other, they would rob each other. Swallow another person alive is a very strange expression. What is the? What does he mean to say by that? And you shouldn't think that, you know, maybe he's talking about the Goyim out there, you know, they will do that because it's talking to us, it's talking to the, the Jewish people and everything in the world that revolves around the Yidin. So therefore, if we have to fix it within ourselves in order to influence it out there, what does it mean that we're talking to the Jewish people, that the person shouldn't want to swallow another person alive and that it's only because of the government that he's afraid to do it, it's only the Meira of the, of the Malchus that prevents him from doing something so horrible. The Mishnah then continues in the same Mishnah, and that's important because the way the Mishnahs are divided is very, very important, specific. The Alter Rebbe, some say that the Alter Rebbe put it into his Siddur, put Pirkei into Siddur, just to show where the division of the Mishnah should be. Because that's important, it even has halachic ramifications. If a person marries a woman and he says, I am a scholar of Mishnah, I know how to learn Mishnah, and it turns out that he really doesn't know, he's not a great scholar of Mishnah, but if he, some, according to some, if he knows three Mishnahs, then he meets that category. So you have to know, does he know three Mishnahs? Where does the Mishnah begin and end? This becomes important for that matter. So, um, so the, where the Mishnahs are divided is very important. And in the same Mishnah, he continues... Rabbi Hanidim Tradian says that when there are two people that are, uh, that are sitting there and they don't speak Torah, then it's a, uh, a meeting of, of, of scoffers. And if they do sit in the speak, uh, they're sitting together and they do speak Torah, then the Shekhinah dwells amongst them. So what's the connection between this Mishnah, this part of the Mishnah, and the earlier part of the Mishnah? They seem to be completely unrelated, especially in light of the fact that the very next Mishnah talks about if three people are sitting and eating together and they don't learn or they do learn, so that seems to be related to the next Mishnah more than it is to our Mishnah. So why is it put into the Mishnah which talks about pray on behalf of the fear the, uh, for the, the peace of the king? Because without their fear, there would be uh, people would swallow each other alive. What's the connection between the two? So the explanation is, since we said that Pirgi Yavis is talking to the Jew that has already reached is uh, you know a certain perfection in the study of Torah and a certain perfection in the performance of mitzvahs and the observance of mitzvahs and he's looking for a higher level. We're talking about a person that is looking for what is extra piety and that he's already accomplished the basics of Yiddishkeit. In other words, he holds himself 
for somebody that is on a higher level, especially in comparison to the people that are on a basic level. Maybe they're even uneducated altogether. Maybe their um, observance of mitzvahs is not up to par even for them. So when he looks at them, he says, I am up here, they're down here. It would be the best thing for them if they would just attach themselves to me and they would put themselves into my sphere of influence, meaning to say, I will swallow them up. I will include them into my life and that's where the best place for them to be. That's the best place for them. That's what he means, Chaim Bloy. He will swallow them up alive. We're not talking about a Jew that you have to tell him he shouldn't kill another person or that he shouldn't rob another person. That's not what Pirkei Ovis is talking about, of course. It's talking about he feels that that person should be so completely bottled to him, so completely subservient to his superior status that he is merely an extension of him and it would be the best thing for him that he would just attach himself to him and that I will guide him through life. That's what the Mishnah is addressing here. So the Mishnah says in order to prevent this feeling of superiority, what do you do? You pray on behalf of the king. You think about the, the, uh, the king down here, the physical king down here, the human king down here, which brings to mind to somebody who understands how the world works and that where does a human king come from? Why is there a human king which people show such great reverence for? It all evolves from the angel which represents that country, which uh, evolves into a human king. And where does that angel get his... Uh, his status is from somebody, some higher level angel. And it keeps going up the chain until it reaches the, the true king, the Melech Malchi Amlachim, and that because he deserves that kind of reverence, and therefore it evolves after many levels into a human king. And when a person that is on a higher level, that is a scholar, and that he has reached some level, understands that whenever he thinks about a human king, it immediately evokes fear of Hashem. So in order for him to be able to reach that humility, that he doesn't see himself superior to all Jew, to other Jews, he has to think about the king, the Melech Malchim Lacham Baruch which comes when you think about the human king. And then he will understand that in the presence of Melech Malchim Lacham, when it evokes that feeling of fear of Hashem, he knows that to Hashem we're all equal. The greatest and the lowest are all worthless to him. And therefore, it will bring him to a feeling of humility. Other Jews are not just an extension of me. They have their own importance and they don't have to be attached to me in order to have their important status as well. And this comes not from thinking your way to that because logically, there might be some room to say that a person that is an elevated status other people should attach themselves to him. So that might not lead him out of this feeling of superiority. The only way is to pray on behalf of this. Praying means, or just, uh, uh, never mind the word prayer at this point, we'll bring it up again later, soon, but the, the con- that you have to evoke a feeling of reverence of Hashem. That will neutralize that kind of feeling of superiority, not a logical approach to the matter. Why the focus on Shloyma Shlomalchus, peace for the king? That, what that means is that when a, a Yid that understands the relationship between Malchus of the Ara, 
that the human king down here and the, and the king Malchus of the Rekia and Hashem as the king understands that where does a king down here get his ability to be able to function fully as a king without hindrance meaning to say that he has peace in his reign peace in his kingdom and therefore is able to exercise his rulership his kingship properly that comes because Hashem is able to exercise his kingship properly meaning to say that we have um, Hashem is getting what he needs Hashem is getting what he has asked for and therefore is able to function as a king properly that's how the king down here gets his peace so in other words that too brings out a recognition of Hashem and what we need to do for Hashem in order for the king down here to have what he needs and therefore that's what brings a person to think of Hashem and the perfect state of Hashem meaning the way the Yidin relate to him and the way they should which brings a person to, feeling, uh, to a feeling of humility in the presence of Hashem and that all Jews have their own importance and they don't have, get their importance from me or through me. But since the Yitzhahara is so crafty and he always finds a way to uh, undermine every good uh, thing, so therefore, eventually, when a person meditates on this, you lose the impact of it. Because when you think about something again and again, eventually it fades out and therefore you have to pray for that in other words what you're praying is that Hashem should help you it's not because you thought about it and you meditated Hashem should give you that feeling of humility it should come from Hashem this fear of Hashem and this recognition that all Jews are equal which explains why the the second part of the mission are two people that are sitting and learning together what does that mean what's the connection between the first part and the second part if you, um, when a person is a scholar, when a true Yid of Torah that sits and studies Torah, he defines himself completely by his Torah learning. That's what's important and that's what he is as a person. So if you want to know whether he has reached a level of humility, you have to look, how does that express itself in what he thinks, what he feels defines himself as a person, which is his study of Torah. So you have to see whether humility has reached the way in which he studies Torah. If you're going to look for humility in secondary things in his life, but that's not who he really is. That will not tell you whether he has reached true humility. So we look at how does he approach study of Torah. When there are two people, if when he learns with another person, he sees it as two people sitting and studying Torah. Not as one person, which is him, studying Torah and teaching Torah to another person. So there's really only one person here, and he's teaching the other person. That's not humility. If you see that he has, he considers it as two equals sitting and studying Torah. It's possible that he has more knowledge, but as a, but as a Jew and people that are approaching Hashem's Torah, he sees himself as equal with the other person, and it's two people speaking together then you know that he has reached the humility that was expressed in the first part of the Mishnah. And then, and then the presence of Hashem truly finds itself within them, and not just the, the presence of Hashem as it is derived from the level of Shechina, as it comes through the Malchus of the Ara, that you can reach it only by contemplating the king, the human king, which leads you to think of Hashem. But the true, direct access to Shechina that you have that you have fear of Hashem as it is seen directly from Hashem and not that it has to come through the Malchus of the Ara, the king, the flesh and blood king.